Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. Coming up. Led by Christ rather than led by ourselves. We open ourselves up to interruptions to our way of life. We, we, we open ourselves up to interruptions in the way we think God works. We open ourselves up to interruptions into what we think God is actually leading us into. We'll be walking into things and it'll be like a clear, hey, stop. It'll be an interruption. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. I'm just feeling like the next four weeks are going to be really significant for you and our church, uh, you individually and us together as a church. Um, uh, what I pray for is, 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 is 2017 to be a year where we see God do something that we've never thought he could do. Um, and uh, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a word for me personally, and I think this goes for all of us, is 2017 is a year of sharpening, where God really sharpens everything that you do and everything that you're already doing. You may already be doing a lot, but what God is going to begin to do is he's going to begin to bring you to a point where there's things that you need to shed, that you need to get rid of, that, 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 that are burning up your, your, your time, that are burning up your character, that are burning up, you know, who, who, whoever it is that God doesn't want you to be. And, and he's going to say, okay, shed all of that. I want you to focus on this thing and just move forward into that. I feel the Lord is calling us into a sharpness, even as a church where we're just, we're just focused uh, on what we're doing. So, um, you know, like the seven on 2017, it's like a, it's, it's a sharp end, and, and that's what God is going to turn us all into. I think individually, it's, it's time to look at your world and just go, okay, what are the things in my world that I don't need to be doing? What are the things in my world that God has got his hand on that he wants me to kind of let go of? What are those things? Because God is going to take you into greater things, but you can't be carrying all the baggage. You know, if you travel a lot, you would know that you've got to travel light right it's the first time you travel you you you, you overpack right right <laughs> who's done who's overpacked on a journey you've like overpacked you're like you get to your journey you're like i am not gonna even wear these i don't even know why i bought this iron it was so heavy and i had to pay extra baggage for it and there's an iron in the hotel i overpacked you know i don't know if you've ever done i've never packed an iron but i'm just you know uh, elaborating for you but but uh, when you've traveled about 20 times or 30 times or if you're traveling regularly in the year you realize okay I need to take as little as possible and if I can get it all in one of those little suitcases so I don't have to wait for the baggage guys oh man that's even better and and that's what God is saying for us as a church it's time to pack light just just take on the journey what you need what God has given you everything all of the other things don't worry about it God's got you. I feel that's a word. That's a word for us. And, and I, I, I really be, I'm believing that, that over, over the next few weeks that there's going to be some breakthrough in people's lives for people who need breakthrough in finances and they need breakthrough in jobs and all of those sorts of things. I'm believing for that. I'm believing that this is going to be a year where you see breakthrough if you need that kind of breakthrough. Students who, who need breakthrough, people in business that need breakthrough. We're gonna, we're gonna be pr I'm praying for that over the next few weeks for you, that this would be a year where we see God do significant is, is, things. Is anyone believing that with me? 
you're with me on that. I'm, I'm with me on that. And I think, I, I think God's on, on that. So, so yeah, the series... Um, oh, I forgot to put my timer on so that I don't over time because I respect your time and I respect that you are all busy people and that you have jobs to get to and Sunday's probably your only day off if you're a normal professional like everybody else. So I'm, I'm not going to take up too much of your time. But what I want to do is talk about over the next few weeks... Um, uh, our goals for the year, what, what we feel God is calling us into. We do this as a, as a kind of a ritual at the beginning of every year as a church together where we get people uh, to write down uh, your goals. We, we, we pray about it and we write down what it is that we want to see God do or what we feel God is calling us into for the year and what we, we feel God is going to do and we write it down and then we spend on the 29th, I think it is, if that's a Sunday, I think that that's a Sunday. We'll have a prayer service for all of your dreams, for all of your goals, where we anoint them, where we see, we just have a time of seeking God for what He is calling us into, right? And that's always an amazing and special service. I will make an event of that. But in the lead up to that, I want to talk about some stuff with our goals um, because the thing is, it's okay to have goals um, and it's a good thing to, to write them down, but what we, there's some questions that come to mind when we begin to think about what we are doing with our time, what we're trying to achieve, as to whether or not it's, it's just our own pure ambition and what we want to do, or if it is uh, God, you know, if, if this is what God is calling us into. And that's, I don't know if you've ever had that question where you're a little unsure, where you're like, I'm not sure if God is calling me into this, but I want to do it. Anyway, I'm just going to kind of move on into it and see. Have you ever felt that way? But there's that eternal question in your heart. It's like, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? Is this what God has put me on this planet to do? Is this a part of my purpose? Is this just my own personal am ambition? Am I just wanting the accolades of, of everyone? Or am I, am I doing this for, for, for because God is going? I mean, these questions uh, I have in my heart sometimes, right? We all have them. So I want to kind of wrestle with that with you over the next four weeks and, and see what God says about it so that we can learn what is in the Bible and what, um, what, is, what, is, what God has said about it. So um, have you ever had the feeling where you kind of you have that fear that maybe you're wasting your time on things that you shouldn't be doing? Maybe you're dwindling your life away. It's like okay, 2017 is here. Uh, it's like it feels like it should be 2013. I don't know where it went. I don't know where the time went. Am I doing the right thing? But how can we actually know? Or how can we actually know that we're hearing from God? See, this is the thing. I think each one of us would love to have God speak to us very clearly about what it is that He would have us do with our time. What it is He would have us do with our career. What it is that He would have us do with our, with our private time. You know, what it is that He would have us do. But how do we know whether or not we're in His will? Well, the first step, and I'm going to talk about this over, over time, but the first step I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about today is, is this. It's really simple. is be ready for God to interrupt you. If, 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 if you're the kind of person that's like, well, if, if there is a God, and if He has created me, and He has some sort of purpose and will, and there's some sort of meaning to my life, then it would be good to know, God, what that is. 
And uh, God, if you're out there, you may be like, God, if you're out there, or you might be a, a Christian who follows, who, who really believes and knows that God is there. You're like, God, I know you're there, but I, I don't know my destiny. I don't know my calling. Would you speak to me on this? Well, the first thing you need to do when you pray that kind of prayer is be ready for the interruption. Be ready for God to interrupt you because nine times out of ten, God will speak to you. In fact, ten out of ten times he will speak to you, but nine times out of ten it will come as an interruption. It will come out of somewhere that you're not expecting. You're like, oh, hold on a sec. I, 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 I'm glad you spoke to me, God, but like, not like that. Like, I, I wasn't ready for that. Right? I, I wasn't ready for you to interrupt my, I've got a schedule here. I've got a plan going on here and that, this is different. This is different. What you're saying is different. Be ready for interruptions. You know, the mistake that we can tend to make, and I make this mistake still. To this day, I still make this mistake, and I come before the Lord as a repentant and broken person. I am certainly not someone who has it all together. And yes, I'm your pastor, so it's a bit scary. But, but I need God as much as anybody else does. And, and one of the mistakes that I, I tend to make is I, I tend to make God fit my will. I'm like, God, I have this will. I've got this stuff I want to get done. Lord, I want to do this and I want to do that. I want to see this happen in this city. I want to see the church grow to this size. And I want to see that happen. And it's like, God, this is all my will now. Now I've prayed it. I've said it. I've declared it. Now do it. In Jesus' name. And it's like, God, you're not doing my will, you know. My will, I've declared it, I've said it, and you're not doing it. <laughs> See, the problem is, is our desires and our needs are not the things that we need to be following, but what God would have for us. And this is scary because that means an interruption. That means things ain't going to go the way you thought they would at times. They might sometimes. They might, you might just walk and you'd be like, oh, I knew this would happen. Oh, good. I felt it. It's okay. I felt it. I felt it. And I know God spoke to me clearly, but, but, but sometimes it's just not going to happen like that. <sighs> you know, when we're led by Christ rather than led by ourselves, we open ourselves up to interruptions, to our way of life. We, we, we open ourselves up to interruptions in the way we think God works. We open ourselves up to interruptions into what we think God is actually leading us into. We'll be walking into things and it'll be like a clear, hey, stop. It'll be an interruption. Anyone ever been interrupted by God before? You're like, hold up, I wasn't supposed to be interrupted by you, God. You're supposed to give me peace and, you know, all of these nice things. That's what I seek you for. And I'm not feeling peaceful right now. I'm feeling interrupted. It's like Elijah has his joke. Knock, knock joke. He says, knock, knock. Interrupting man. <laughs> I interrupted you. See? So, anyway, you didn't, if you get that, it's uh, Elijah's joke. Interrupting man. Here's what you need to know. Here's why you need to know this. See, see the, 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 when God interrupts you, interrupts you, even though it's an interruption and you weren't expecting it, and even though it doesn't seem like what you thought would happen, it's a good interruption. There's good interruptions and there's bad interruptions. You know, when God interrupts you, it means God is going to do something amazing. 
You know, we can become so organized, we can come, become so systematic, we can be so on our own kind of path and journey and so fixed on our own pursuits that, that it's going to take an interruption from God in order to get our attention. Um, uh, you know, like a, 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 a good disruption is like when, when Rachel and I got married, I was, I was 29, okay, I was 29, and I had slept in my own bed for all of those years, okay, from, from day one, like baby Ryan had a cot and then I just gradually and I had the same bed for years like the same bed I didn't even go out and buy a double bed I had a single bed um, up until about six months before I got married I, I finally thought well I better buy a double bed because I'm going to get married and you know this is all happening but I had this single bed so so when I would uh, I, when we got married uh, uh, <coughs> I would fall asleep at night time as you do and I'd wake up and I'd get an, an extremely big fright as to this person sleeping in my bed. <laughs> I forget I'm married. I'm like, whoa, whoa. I'm like, I'd feel this, like, this arm. I'd be like, oh, it's not my arm. <laughs> it's completely interrupted. It's a good interruption, but I was interrupted to my way of life, to the way I was doing things, to what I was used to. And there was this great person. Rachel next to me that I completely loved and enjoyed the fact that I was married but gosh what an interruption <laughs> right and that was me you know I'm a very routine kind of fellow I, I, I have this set things I do in the morning set things I do in the night at the moment we've got Lee Joe and Simi welcome along guys hey Lee Joe and Simi from this is uh if if you notice a re resemblance between C Joe and Lee Joe it's because they're brothers and uh, but welcome along. But these guys are staying here with us, and they would have noticed probably already that Ryan is this potterer. He potters around his house in routine. I just in the morning I get up, I make the breakfast, and but but see we get into this this thing of our, our life routine where 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 if if we haven't let God into those areas, He's going to interrupt them, and it's going to come across as as some sort of it's like whoa, God is just totally messing with my 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 whole thing here. I got it sorted, God. I mean, you know, I go to church on Sunday and I, 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 I do my thing to get the blessing, but don't mess with my life. It's not how God works. It's not how He works. You know, sometimes what God is wanting to lead us into can look like a disruption. It can give us a fright, like I used to get a fright with Rachel in my bed. I'm used to it now. It's great. But God is with us. He wants to take us through the stepping stones for our calling. And sometimes that stepping stone, we may not be ever, we may not be used to stepping on that stone. Like, like if there's a set of stones in the river, the river's passing, it's like, I'm, I normally would take that stone. And God say, well, take this route because I'm going to take you into something different. Well, oh, I've never done that, God. And you know what? The thing is, is there's plenty of stories that shed light on this principle in the Bible. There's heaps of them, but I'm going to focus on one of them today that I felt for some reason that God wanted you to see and share, put on my heart. So um, <clears throat> it's a story of Paul in the book of Acts. Um, book of Acts is a great book. It's, 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 the, it's the next book, uh, um, just for those who don't know, it's the next book after the stories of Christ or the Gospels. So there's four stories, four different stories of Christ, all written by different authors in the Bible. And then you have the book of Acts, which is the book right after, which is basically what happened after Christ 
uh, rose again, ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit came, and then the, the, it's like the story of how what we have now known as the church began. Okay? It's great and interesting book, and uh, God will speak to you through it if you begin to read it. But, but we're going to read from Acts chapter 9, and it's about how Paul, who went on to write like 70% of the New Testament, he, he, how he became a follower of Christ. God interrupted him, okay? He was, he was basically, to give you a background on him, if you don't know this already, he was like an assassin. He was, uh, and he was um, basically thought he was doing the right thing by going and killing those who were speaking against the, the religious kind of, sent the, the people that, that ruled all of the, like the, the, the Jewish religion. He was basically working on behalf of them to protect the religion. He thought he was doing the right thing. Um, and uh, what he was doing by that was he was going about from town to town killing the people who were preaching Christ. Okay? That's what he was doing. He was a killer. He wasn't a nice fellow at that point in time. Um, this, this chapter 9 is just after chapter 8, obviously. And in chapter 8, you'll see where, where Paul oversees the, the stoning of a guy called Stephen, who was a really nice guy. It's a really, really sad story. If you read it, it's like, man, and Saul, this guy, he oversaw it. Could you imagine being stoned? Not as in stoned, as in with rocks. Okay, you can't smoke rocks. Okay, like rocks being thrown at your head until you die, right? Okay, it's kind of graphic. That's what, this is the guy that Saul was. And that's what he had done to this guy, Stephen, who had just, all he had done is talked about Christ. And had some people that followed Christ as a result. This, this Paul, this Saul was he was he was a nice character. So, so it says here. Let's read it. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any who there belonged to the way, okay, the way is basically um, it's making reference to something that Jesus said in the Gospels, where he said, "I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except through me." So, so it was kind of like a code way of saying someone who was a follower of Christ, or anyone who followed the way, okay, right? Um, <clears throat> and it, what he needed is he he needed authorities from the high priest to go and do what he was doing, to go and kill people, right? So he was going to the synagogue in Damascus to, to see if he could get the letters and to see if he could find anyone to belong to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now, I just want to stop here. It's got nothing to do with my sermon, and, uh, but it's an interesting thought. That here's Jesus speaking to Saul, right? And Jesus, it, it, Saul wasn't technically killing Jesus, right? But he was, he was killing the people who followed Jesus. And, but, but here's Jesus saying, why do you persecute me? Isn't it interesting how God takes it personally when you go through hardship? Isn't that interesting? It's just an interesting thought. It's just something on the side. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. 
The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. So it's like they heard the sound from heaven, and they're like, where is that sound coming from? Can you just picture this? It's a crazy, crazy story. Okay. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. I'm encouraged by this. You know why I'm encouraged by this story? Because, you know, uh, we often think, oh, I don't know if God would speak to me because I'm a sinner. I don't know if God would speak to me because of my behavior. Well, if God could speak to Saul, this rotten, decrepit, murderous person, he can speak to you. Isn't that cool? Take heart. Gonna, if you're like, I don't know if I hear God, it's okay. It's okay. He wants to speak to you. He is speaking to you. If he can speak to this guy, oh my gosh, he can speak to you. Anyone here like this? Anyone on their way to kill someone right now? Here, just, we can have a talk about that. Don't kill me. Or, you know? Hey, this, guy's a, this is a bad guy. But see, here's the other thing is, is with Saul... Is God interrupted him on his path to destruction. Here's the thing about us. Sometimes we get ourselves into a place where we, what we are doing, we may not be going to murder someone, but the path that we are taking is a path to destruction. It's a path that, we, 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 that, that what is going to become of that path is there's going to be some sort of destruction either for us or for those around us. And God, I, I believe this with all my heart, God will interrupt you in those things. He'll, he'll, when you're on a path to destruction, when you're on this place where you should, you're heading in a direction, there's going to be an interruption. There's going to be something that happens where you're just going to get thrown to the ground. Where, 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 where God is just going to say, okay, there's no other thing I can do with this person except push him over. I'm just going to push him over. Boom. I'm going to push him over. I'm getting pushed over. Not, not, for, not because God's like a sadist. Not because God's like this rotten kind of person. That, that, but for your own good. You know, we, we get interrupted sometimes, you know. And uh, it's like... We can get pushed to the ground with like, God, what's happened? It's like, well, I, I've, had to, I've had to do this. This is what he had to do for Saul. Because what Saul was on, where he was going, was only destruction. Interesting, right? Now, in Damascus, let's keep reading. In Damascus, there was this guy called, what's his name? Ananias. Oh, you can read. That's good. <laughs> Disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias! Okay. <laughs> yes, Lord. It's like, whoa, God's speaking to me. You ever had those moments? I don't know if you have. But if you seek God enough, you, you, you get yourself in that position. You're like, God, speak to me. God, speak to me. All of a sudden, God's going to speak to you one day. And it's going to be like this. It's like, Ananias. You'll be like, whoa, God, you're speaking to me. Hello. Hello. Yes, I hear you. Yes, Lord. He answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, not Crooked Street, Straight Street. And asked for a man from Tarsus named Saul. Saul. For he is praying. And in a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias come to his place 
I'll come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord? Ananias answers, <laughs> It's like, God, like, okay, I, I'm just going to go clean my ears right now because is, is this Saul? Is this the Saul? God, are you sure? I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to kill people like me. And you want me to go over to him and talk to him and say, I'm a man of God and I'm going to speak to you right now. It's like, I ain't going to do that, God. Are you sure? This is what Ananias is saying. He has the authority to arrest me and take me into prison. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. See, here's the thing with Ananias. God also interrupted Ananias. He's a righteous man, a person following God, praying God. Good, good, good guy. This guy's like, he's Mr. Nice Guy. He's, he's praying, he's, he's got that down, he's doing his thing. But God interrupted him. God interrupted him. Why did God interrupt Ananias and not anybody else? Why would he do that? Why? I mean, there was other disciples. Well, here's, here's, my, here's my theory. Here's my, and here's the principle I want to teach you today is that God knew. God knew that Ananias would yield to the will of God. See, God knew that Ananias would do as God had told him to do. And that he would embrace the interruption and go with it. Right? God knew. See, Ananias was ready for God to call him into something unexpected. We've got to be ready for God to call us into unexpected things. And even though it made no sense to his logic, no sense to what he knew and what his, his whole world that he had set up uh, you know, and, and it for self-protection, it's like, this guy's a killer. You can't send me to him, God. He's going to wipe me out. He still yielded. And see, God opened this incredible door. You wouldn't have heard about Ananias otherwise in the Bible. His name wouldn't be written in a book that's lasted like 2,000 years if he hadn't have yielded in this moment. If he had said, no, I'm not doing it, God would have used someone else. But God opened this incredible door to Ananias because he knew that Ananias would walk through it. And sometimes our prayer is, God, I want you to open this door. I want you to do that. And it's like, well, God is waiting for you to yield in certain areas of your world so that he can know that when he does open those doors that you want to have open, that you will walk through them. And not be like, no, I want to do my own thing. Oh, no, I've got it all sorted out. No, I'm not doing that. This was a complete interruption for Ananias, his way of life. He's a good Christian boy, doing the good Christian things, doing everything right. And God had sent him, basically, into the fire. And you know what? That's the best place for Christians to be. So then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. 
Could you imagine if this was you? You're walking in to this, this guy who's like killed. You like Stephen is your personal friend. And you know that, that, that he's just killed Stephen. And he goes and lays his hands on him. That's, uh, I mean, this is not possible other than Christ. This is, not other, this is not possible. This kind of level of forgiveness is not possible without God. So Brother Saul calls him brother. The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and he was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. And Saul spent several days with his disciples in Damascus. What an incredible door. What an incredible thing that God had done. You know how I know that God knew Ananias would walk through the door? That God had opened to him? Is before, you'll see that God had already told Paul, or Saul, sorry, before he, he, his name changed to Paul afterwards. In verse 12, if you can go back to verse 12, or verse 11, where the Lord told him, go to the house of Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision... He's already seen you. This is how God knew that Ananias would walk through the door. He's already seen you. In a vision, he's seen a, na- a man named... Imagine if God had gone ahead and said to Saul, Listen, there's this man named Ananias who's coming, and uh, he's going to pray for you, and, you're gonna, and then you're going to be able to see. And God then goes after that and speaks to Ananias... And says, go, and Ananias says, no. Right? Wouldn't have worked out. God would be like, oh, Saul, hold on a second. It's not, it's not Ananias that's coming. He said, no, because you're a killer and you're a bad person. But now it's going to be Peter or someone, one of the other things. It's not how it worked out. See, God knew. How did God know? Well, I, I, I'll tell you something. God had tested Ananias already. God already knew. And see, here's, here's the principle. Here's what I'm, I'm getting at. Is, is God is going to bring interruption into your world. That's not going to be like the way that you thought it would go down. It's not going to be the things that you want to have to deal with. It's not going to be the stuff that you want to do. And I'm telling you something. As God interrupts you, little by little, and tests you with these things, and takes you through these journeys, there's going to come a day where the door is going to be big. But it, God, I, I believe this, God is going to see if you're faithful with the small things before you, 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 he, he, he trusts you with the, with, the really, with the things that actually... See, this was a pivotal moment for, life, for the life of Saul. It was a pivotal moment that affects us to this day. Okay, I mean, if, if Saul hadn't have, if this hadn't have worked out for God, I mean, God had obviously got it all planned out. He had it ready and, and it was ready, he was ready to push that button. But, but you want to be that person that God is ready to push the button for, right? And so often, we, 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 we want to do the things that God has called us to do, but we're not ready for the interruption. We're just not ready. But the Bible says that God's eye is searching the earth. Old Testament says this. His eye is searching the earth for the one who is available. 
who is ready, who says, here I am, send me. That's a big call. It's a dangerous call. It's a dangerous call to start walking in that kind of way where you're like, God, I am ready for you to interrupt me. I'm ready for you to send me where I don't want to go. I'm ready for you to, to send me where I can't understand because I, I trust you. This is important to talk about because if we talk about calling and goals and all of these sorts of things, we, I, 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 I wouldn't have to touch on this and I could encourage you and make you feel really good about your goals for 2017, but it's not biblical. The Bible is all about us following God and not God following us. <laughs> and that comes across really negative, right? That comes like, oh, I'm not sure about this whole following Christ thing. Then, But you've got to understand is God knows. He knows. He's got a plan. You can trust Him. He's proven Himself time and time again with people in this church proven himself, people in the Bible, people throughout history, he is faithful. You can trust him. You can trust him. But it's going to come as an interruption at times, at moments. How can we apply this into our lives? Well, in our worlds, we just need to be ready for interruption. And don't ignore them. See, what we tend to do with interruptions, with stuff that doesn't, doesn't quite fit our, our way of doing everything, is we tend to just put it aside, right? I mean, unless God knocks us out of the... Like, I mean, if we have a big interruption like, like Saul did, where he's like, you know, knocked off. I don't know. I've always imagined in that story that he was riding a horse. And I, I even had it written down, the, the, as I felt God speak to me about it, the moment where God knocked Saul off his horse. And then I read it, it's like, oh, he doesn't say he was riding a horse. I'm so disappointed by that. It's like, I think it was children's church. Anyone growing up in children's church, you just imagine him riding a horse and then falling off his horse. Like, he wasn't riding a horse. Anyway, so I think he was just walking. I mean, otherwise I would have said he was having a horse. But don't ignore the interruptions. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't ignore the interruptions. God, God may knock you off your horse. And you might just get on back up on it blind anyway. Like, I can't see, but I'm just going to still, I know. Which way are we going? You know, it was like. Well, this is the way I've always done it. And it's going to work out in the end. It's like, God's like, no, stop. Don't ignore interruptions. See, the only reason we would ignore an interruption would be is because, and this, this is going to be a little bit of a, like a bit of a, here's my, to your soul, and, but it's okay. It's going to be a bit of a, a knock. It's going to be a bit of a hard one. But the only reason we would ignore an interruption from God, where we know he's putting his finger on something that we need to stop, or we need to, we need to, we need to stop doing it that way, or look at it in Siri. I oh, hear Siri. He's talking to Siri. Siri. Siri's so interrupting. She's interrupting us. God's allowed to interrupt us. Anyway. Why am I doing this? I've forgotten. Ah, the only reason is because these are the areas where we shrink the cross. Now, let me just um, explain what I mean by shrink the cross. 
The reason it's an interruption to us and the way we've always done things is because that's where we found strength. We found strength in ourselves and ways and means of dealing with life. And like life is complex and hard. You start talking about relationships, you start talking about all of the complexities of life and the politics at work and all of the stuff that we have to deal with. It's not easy, okay? It's not easy. We find ways of dealing with all these sorts of things. But what we can tend to do is we find ways of dealing with these things without God. And He's not like a part of the picture. And then God comes in and says, Hey, you, that's, 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 you need to, that's, 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 like, I'm interrupting you on that. You're like, I don't want to be interrupted on that because I have a way of doing it already. But God is like, no, I want to take you out of there. I want you to grow in this area because I'm taking you into your calling and, what, and something greater and something better. And you're, going to, you're going to overcome that way of, of doing things and come into the way that I want you to do it because it's a better way. I'm perfect. I'm whole. I'm righteous. I know the way. I've done it before. Oh, God, I got my way. And see, what we do is instead of relying on God, which is called faith in that particular area of our life, we, we rely on ourselves. And the whole point of the cross, the whole point of the gospel, the whole point of everything, of, of relying on God, that we couldn't save ourselves from sin, we couldn't save ourselves from the things that, that we, we couldn't even... You know, we, we have all these standards and New Year's resolution. Anyone ever broken a you know, New Year's resolution? Okay, I had one hand. Okay, yeah, I was going to pray for the liars in the room. <laughs> so these are the standards we set. We, we, we go, okay, I'm going I'm I'm to do this this year. I'm going to get fitter. I'm too fat and I'm going to get fit. That's what I talk about, okay? In my, I'm not saying anyone's... Fat. I'm just saying something goes through my head and, uh, <laughs> and probably through my wife's head about me as well and, and uh, he's fat and he needs to get fit so 2017 New Year's resolution gonna start CrossFit again and blah 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 okay so so it's like but I you know I, I have trouble keeping up to even that standard let alone the standards of God you know what I mean God, you, you start reading the Bible. I know, like, you, if you haven't read the Bible before, it'll challenge you. Because all of a sudden, you're going to see stuff like, love your neighbor, okay? Which means love everyone, basically. Love the person next to you. It's like, well, flip, I hate the person next to me. They stink. <laughs> it's like, I ain't doing that, Lord. Interruption. I, I, I ain't loving them. I ain't love everybody else, all the people that I like. I like them, 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 but that guy, don't like him. I really don't like him. Sorry. I was pointing above your head. This is a guy behind you. Them, 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 them. You know, it's like, it's like we, we, we skip the interruptions. It's like, oh, I'm just, oh, gonna, oh, just check my phone. I don't want to have anything to do with that. What's going on on Instagram? You know? We skip the interruptions. God is like, that is the area in your world right now that is blocking you from the greater things that I want to take you into. Don't ignore the interruptions. Don't ignore them. Know that the interruptions are the places we are, where we are probably shrinking the cross, where we are relying on ourselves and God wants us to begin to rely on Him. 
the way we handle relationships. I'm just going to take it a little closer to the bone just so you know what I'm getting at. The way we handle relationships, all of the relationships in our world, the way we deal with our family, the way we are in our marriage, if you're marriage, if you're marriage, if you're married. Are you married? How we deal with people in our workplace. The way we jump at opportunities that we want but feel God saying no. When God, or when God presents things to us that may not be the way you expected Him to work. Or, or, or things that you never thought you'd expect doing and you do them with, a, with that spirit of like, I, just, I don't want to do this anyway. And do it with that attitude. They're the interruptions. They're the, I mean, there's many, many more. But just assess your world right now and go, where am I being interrupted? Where am I getting... It's like I, this constant thing that I just can't seem to get it away out of my life. It just keeps on popping on up. You'll find that is God wanting to deal with some stuff and wanting to take you through His way, the cross way, so He can take you into greater things. That is God. He's beginning to show you how to rely on Him in these areas. If you've done it a certain way all of this time, it's time to stop. Time to say, I'm going to do it God's way. And the next question is, what is God's way? <laughs> He'll show you. Just like it was clear with, with, with Saul, the greatest of all sinners, like a really bad sinner, a murderer. So just, Paul, Saul, I want you to go. Just head into Damascus. There's a guy that's going to come and see you. Then you'll know. And even with Ananias, like, you want me to do what? Just, just go to this guy's house and, and, and prophesy over it. God, God will, he'll be clear. As you walk on into the things and embrace inter interruptions, be ready to say yes to things in your world that God may have his hands on right now. Bit of a tough word, right? But a good one. It's a good one. Be ready for interruptions. This one, this, this particular sermon means a lot to me because the whole uh, reason I came to Bombay was because God interrupted me. I, I, was, I, was on a, I was on a journey. It was set in place. My whole world and life was like going in a particular direction. Like when Rachel married me, before I, we even started courting, I said, listen, I'm never moving to India. I just want you to know that. I don't feel called here. That's what I said. I don't feel called to this place. I have a, I have, I'm a youth pastor right now. I'm going to take over my dad's church. I'm going to be a pastor there. We're going to do everything out of Perth. But God interrupted me. I, sitting in that coming, that movie, yeah. Tare. Zaminpa. <laughs> Sitting in that movie, I'm bawling my eyes out because I'm like, I feel God saying, Ryan, I want you to come and plant churches for people like that. For people who are struggling in life, who, who have, have it all together, yet they have a son who's autistic 
and society's all looking at them to have it all together, yet they don't because their son is autistic and there's all this pressure and they're wondering whether or not this is because of something they did in a past life or this or that and there's some sort of curse that's put on them. I want you to come and plant a church to be a place where people can come and find me and find healing and know that it's all good in Him. And I, I, <laughs> I felt God that day in that movie in Sion, Cinemax, the back, not telling Rachel because it was a massive interruption and I did not want her to know and get excited about moving here. I just didn't. It's like once I let that horse out of the paddock, and never coming back. So she's not to know. I see her crying, 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 crying. Oh, yeah, it's a very sad movie. But I knew in myself <laughs> what God was saying. And, 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 it was, and, and interruptions... I'm telling you, this, it's just God, He works like this. He's going he's gonna to come into your world. He's going to put His hands on things. You don't want to have to deal with the way you've, you deal with your family. You don't want to have to deal with the way that you, that you are in your marriage. You don't want to have to deal with the way you deal with finances and the way that the fear and all of the stuff that, that comes when you start thinking about money. And, uh, you don't want to deal with the way you think about everyone or what you think of everyone thinking of you in society. You don't want to deal with these sorts of things, but God begins to come on in and says, I'm going to interrupt you here. But something good is going to come out of this. Something good is going to come out of this. Just trust me. Just trust me. Just trust me. So how is God interrupting you? That's the question. Where is He interrupting you? <laughs> Maybe the very fact that this church here, that this people group here that you kind of like come to and you're checking out, maybe that is an interruption. Maybe today is an interruption. Maybe the, the, the concept of this Christ, this being, this living being who would come and give his life for you so that you could have life in him, so that he could take you on into heaven and into resurrection and that you could begin to beat habits and beat things in your world that are, that are, that are, that are, that are drawing the life out of you. He, he, maybe, maybe today is an interruption for you. I would encourage you to take the interruption, embrace it and, and run with it because God, sometimes we can just get on our own trajectory, we can get on our own thing and just, God has to step in and say, hey, it's different, it's just different. What are the interruptions? Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai.